the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you. Thanks to all of you, all of our listeners that faithfully tune in to AM 630 KSLR. This is a place where you can hear the Word of God from so many different ministries around the city and even around the nation. We have a pastor in studio today as uh, we want to uh, introduce you to different ministries um, that are uh, active in our own community, and we want to encourage you to be a part of the local uh, community church. And so today we have Pastor Gerald Ripley. He is the pastor at Abundant Life Church here in uh, San Antonio. Pastor Ripley, so glad to have you in the studio again. It's a privilege to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Well, uh, Pastor Gerald, we want to uh, just give people a little bit of information about yourself and tell us uh, maybe where you're from. Are you a family man? The whole idea is really just for people to get to know you, get a little bit comfortable with who it is that you are, because ultimately we'd like for them to be well-informed about you, your ministry, to the point that they would come by and, uh, and visit you. Well, thank you. Uh, I was uh, born, uh, raised, educated in Minnesota, and I came to uh, Texas after my uh, theological education. I have a Master's Divinity degree from Luther Theological Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, yeah. and then have served congregations as a pastor here in, in Texas, uh, first in uh, Seguin for uh, a while, three years, and then Victoria for six years, and came to uh, San Antonio in 1980, where I've served uh, two congregations, and the, the current one, uh, Bundle Life Church, began in 1989. So God sent me to uh, San Antonio. I, I, I never expected to live in a city of uh, over a million people, yeah. but this is where he sent me, and uh, it's, it's where uh, he's given me a heart, a, a love for the city. Um, I, the congregation I serve is in Northeast San Antonio. Mm -hmm. It's not a large congregation, but as I uh, look at the city of San Antonio, so I'm aware of what God has done in my life. I see the whole city of San Antonio as my parish, as my jurisdiction. Yes, I've I served the entire body of Christ here in the city. Uh, initially, uh, I was I received a mantle uh, for. Uh, prayer, mobilizing Christians to pray for the city. That was back in the early 90s and mm -hmm. uh, worked with that, winning our city for God. I've uh, worked with the National Day of Prayer on the steps of City Hall since probably 1989 yeah. and uh, continued to do that, uh, of course, with Soap and Suzanne Dollar, uh, yep. planning it and other, and, and uh, reflecting really the, the work uh, among the entire body of Christ in the city. That's one of the neat uh, aspects of that particular event. Mm -hmm. And then we had an event that was called the Prayathon from 2003 to 2009, uh, a six-year run when Christians came together uh, in downtown San Antonio in uh, January, of the last weekend of January typically, and prayed for five hours the length of time that a, a marathon runs, except it was called a Prayathon. Mm. And then that uh, ran its course. 
And now God has um, given me a, a mantle to be a moral voice to our yeah. city government. Uh, I'm very engaged in in society, and now I work with. I'm, I'm a chairman of a group called Salsa, San, Salt and Light, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to encourage Christians to be engaged in all seven mountains of society, uh, arts and entertainment, business, family, government, education, media, and religion, and to use their giftings and their callings to impact uh, that sphere for God. So it's a kingdom-minded ministry that God has uh, put in my heart and that I've been engaged in really throughout the time I've been here in San Antonio. Wow. I didn't know you were from Minnesota. So you're... I just like that bumper sticker. Uh, I, I, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as quickly as I could. As, I, yeah. as, as I, I got here, for many years, I felt like Abraham who went to a far country. Yeah. However, now with some perspective, I see how I, I had no idea how liberal a state I was born yeah. in and educated in is. And I, I would have been a misfit there. Wow. And so God got me to the Bible country, yeah, wow. Bible Belt, and this is, this is where uh, I, I'm at home. Well, I'm going to give you some time to share about your passions and being involved in society and, and that kind of thing in a little bit. Uh, but I want to rewind a little bit and talk about your transition from Minnesota to here. Um, how old were you when that happened? And I was, how long ago was it? I was, I was 26. And did you come here specifically for ministry purposes? Uh, yeah, I graduated uh, from seminary. Okay. And uh, in in those days, there were eighteen or seventeen or eighteen districts in the United States. There was a district president for each district, and they came together and they took the lists of college senior or the seminary seniors, and they drafted them. Ah. Uh, they said, "I want number seventy-eight." And if nobody else wants 78, he got him. And if yeah. somebody else wants 78, then they said, well, here's what I've, where I think he could serve as a pastor. And the other yeah. said, well, here's where I think he could serve as a pastor. And the rest of the district presidents voted on who got him. So I don't know if I was a first-round draft choice or a 17th-round draft <laughs> sure choice. Sure you were, yeah. But here, here I am in Texas. In, you were in the Texas. cream of the crop. You were the best of the best. Well, it, it, it was a particular time. Uh, it, it's interesting since I serve in a, a single uh, ministry parish right now. But uh, I think the thing that God used to get me here was that I had a uh, willingness to serve in multiple staff ministries. Mm. And so for my, my first 16 years in ministry, I, I was served in multiple staffs. I, I was an assistant pastor, then I was associate pastor, and then a senior pastor. So did you grow up thinking, someday I'm going to pastor a church? No, I, I grew up uh, expecting to be a, a math teacher, ah. uh, and then a math professor, and, and then a seminary professor. My, my, my story of becoming a pastor is... One closed door at a time, uh-huh. and God <laughs> finally, no God finally got me where I was needed to be, and 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 uh, what He gifted me for. So, did you grow up in church? Uh, not really. Uh, my parents were were uh, inactive until I was six years old, hmm. and then I uh, went to Sunday school. Uh, I'm a, I'm a successful Sunday school drop off mm-hmm. person. Uh, my uh, Dad worked away from home, so he might be home every other weekend. But my uncles would take us to uh, Sunday school, and when Sunday school was over, then bring us home. I'm, I'm talking about my siblings and me. Yeah. Uh, I became a. I, I, we went to church a, a bit at that time. Uh, we were baptized uh, uh, there in, in my mom's church, and so became members at, at that time. Um, 
and then when I was in confirmation class, then I had to go to church every Sunday yeah. so I could take confirm take sermon notes. Yeah, and th- that so that was kind of part of the journey. Uh, as time went on, uh, my parents became very active. They became delegates to district conventions, right. uh, pillars of, of the church. Hmm. And uh, so, it, but that's, it was a bit of a process. So while you were planning to be this uh, math professor and guru, at what point, how, how did that transition happen mm-hmm. in your mind and your spirit that you knew that God was calling you to a, a greater Greater the first thing I discovered was that he wasn't calling me to be this uh, math professor. It was, it was after my junior year in college, I participated in National Science Foundation um, event for 10 weeks during the summer. It was a math research project. Uh-huh. And there were six students, college students from across Minnesota who participated in this. It was in, in my home campus. And it was during that time, uh, we did uh, re- math research. Usually in math, you find questions that haven't been answered and you dig into them. We had to start by asking a new question. And so I diddled with uh, something called matrices for about three weeks. And I was discovering patterns and stuff in there. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> my, my professor was really excited about it. Yeah. And then uh, somewhere in the process, he came I, uh, to the classroom and said, Gerald, I just realized there's a theorem that describes exactly what you've been getting into. And so my uh, weeks of doing that were down the tube. Nothing, yeah. But it was during that time when I realized I could not envision a future as doing math research. That was not a passion for me. I was good right. at math and numbers, but that was not something I spent my life in. And, and so God used that to really close that door. Uh, I'd been nominated for a Rockefeller scholarship I didn't receive it, but God used that to open my mind towards going to seminary. So I took some courses my senior year of college, uh, Greek, history, philosophy, logic, things that would give more of a background preparation for seminary. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where I uh, decided, well, I'll go to seminary for a year. And then I went back for the second year. And then at that point, uh, Sharon uh, conceived and, and our uh, son was born after my second year of seminary. So then I went on internship where I served in a congregation uh, uh, with with a pastor mentoring me. Mm-hmm. And I had a positive experience. Came back to seminary for my senior year, still uh, at that point wanting to be a theological professor, and scholarship money was dried up, but I had a good experience in internship, and that's what led me to be open to multiple staff ministries. So that kind of closes the loop okay. on how I got into that. Yeah. And in Texas at that time, there were several multiple staff positions open. So I believe that's what God used, you know, and, and from the world's point of view, to get me here. Yeah, very good. So you've been in San Antonio now for quite a while. You've been in Texas, for, <laughs> not, not San Antonio first, right? That's Your right. Your first stop was in Victoria? Uh, Seguin. Seguin. Seguin in 71, Victoria in 74, and, and then uh, San Antonio since 1980. So have you adjusted already? <laughs> you're just well you're, my, you're a Texan my, now. My, 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 my blood is real thick <laughs> yeah <laughs> alright well uh, I'll tell you what Pastor Gerald I've had the pleasure of knowing you for several years and you are you are an amazing blessing to this city I'm well, so you. glad I'm so glad that God sent you brought you here uh, and, and you were brought here on assignment uh, I you, believe that you uh, didn't know it then that's I true. bet you didn't know it then but uh, now we see exactly why you're here and you are such an amazing voice for righteousness, for biblical values and truth. And uh, you go out there unapologetically and stand for what is right. And for that, we applaud you. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. We, we thank you very much. You've been such a, 
a great uh, friend and uh, just a great minister and someone with a backbone that is just not going to be a pushover by uh, bullies, uh, you know, in office anywhere. And uh, and we need more Gerald Ripley's uh, all over the place. Well, with, praise uh, God. Yeah. So uh, let's let's dive into that a little bit. Let's talk uh, about your involvement. You as you gave us a little bit of a brief history. Uh, you've been involved with a prayer, uh, which is uh, of utmost importance. You know, we can work every day in ministry, but if we don't have that foundation of prayer uh, where we're constantly going to God and just uh, pleading and asking for forgiveness and asking for guidance and asking for direction and, uh, you know, his will, then uh, we're just kind of spinning our wheels if we don't have that. So before we go and talk about the, all the different things that you've been doing here in our community. Let's, let's talk. I want you to share a little bit about the importance of prayer. Why did you get so involved in these ministries that had to do with prayer like the Prayathon? It's been interesting. Uh, as I reflect, I, I was interested in prayer when I was in college. Uh, there was a, a group of, uh, let's call them evangelical Christians, uh, who would come together for a Saturday night prayer and praise service, and I was in leadership of that. So prayer has been in the background, and then I married into a praying family. Mm. Uh, my 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 parents-in-law were pillars of prayer. Uh, mm. I uh, my my wife Sharon uh, is my wife because of her prayers to God for her husband. Her parents taught her to pray when she was like eight nine years old oh. for her husband. And God, uh, we believe, uh, she was a missionary's daughter in Madagascar. Here I am, college in Minnesota. For God to bring us two together, yeah. that's unlikely, except it's divine. Yeah. And he did that. Uh, I have, but I believe that God answers prayer for everything. I've had faith in for prayer. And uh, in our congregation, for instance, uh, we have prayed for uh, each nation of the world, one nation a day, six nations a week, and we've prayed around the world over 30 times. Mm. Uh, and we've seen changes take place in nations, uh, in, in Mongolia, in Turkey, in Maldives, nations where the gospel uh, 20 years, well, maybe not quite 20 years, yeah, maybe 20 years ago, uh, hadn't penetrated. But now there's uh, uh, strong Christian uh, groups in those nations, and so we've we've seen the value, the the uh, efficacy of intercession. Yeah. It, it makes a difference, and it's it's pretty astonishing to uh, think that here you're a, a voice just calling out to God, praying for the gospel to go into a nation, and He's just mobilized other people across the world, of course, to be praying the same thing. The, the Holy Spirit is is guiding those prayers. But it's exciting to see that happen. Then in uh, 92, uh, I was at a, a March for Jesus training thing in Austin, and there the Holy Spirit just encountered me in an uh, amazing way. Uh, I've not experienced it uh, quite the same before or since. And when I came home after that conference, uh, I, I wakened in the middle of the night. I had ideas going through my mind of uh, all related to prayer, and mm. uh, I was awake an hour and a half or something. I said, I might as well get up and write this stuff down. Yeah. And so I, I, I got up and wrote down a, you know, a couple legal pads or you know, p- pages on, on, on each. And then the next day when I looked at it, I said, look at this. Here's a strategy to win our city for God. Mm. And it had to do with prayer things, uh, prayer walking, uh, quarterly prayer gatherings, citywide prayer gatherings, uh, prayer hotline. Praying for different uh, subjects, one uh, topic a week or a, a day, uh, 
the first of the month, we prayed for the governor of, of Texas. Yeah. Uh, down to the 31st, I think on the 31st, we prayed for athletes, Christian athletes. And so that ran its course and connected with it, did a national day of prayer. Uh, and then um, after that, some time, uh, that season seemed to be over. Then a friend named Eddie Cantu had ran a marathon. That was his passion. Before he, he wanted to, it was a life goal, and he ran it. And then God told him, I, I wasn't so interested in having you run the uh, marathon. I want you to do a prayathon. Hmm. And Eddie shared that vision in our prayer group uh, that we were, there were six, seven pastors in it. And he said, I, I know it's of God. And I said, that's a, that's a marvelous uh, vision that you have. He said, I don't like administration, it's organization. I said, I said, I'm good at organization. I'll help you with that. Yeah. And then before Eddie could see it come to fruition, he, he died. Mm. And, uh, but the group that came together planned the pray And so that evolved. So in, in a way, God thrust me into that. Yeah. But it's uh, a, a wonderful story to see how it, it came about. You know, we had hundreds of people each January coming together to pray in the downtown heart of San Antonio and to pray for uh, different arenas in the city. Yeah. So that's, um, I guess, a bit of the journey wow. of, of, of prayer. That's awesome. You know, I'm no uh, big, great scholar and theologian, uh, but it's prayer is really just communicating with God, just having that. Absolutely. You know, and just talking to God. You know, and we can, we always encourage folks to be involved in these types of big, uh, big meetings where we can come together in corporate prayer and pray out loud and pray for one another and for our government and things like that. But I think sometimes sometimes we miss the simplicity of prayer at home with our children in our personal life. Could just that communication with God. One of the things that I, I believe a, a, a person who doesn't have the physical strength they used to have, I, I, uh, I think of our seniors, yeah. an important ministry is intercession. And they can pray for these nations. They can pray for their children, their grandchildren, their, their, their seed. They can pray for the city. And as they talk with God about those things, I believe that it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a valuable, uh, it's a hidden ministry, but powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Gerald Ripley. He is the pastor of Abundant Life Church here in San Antonio. Uh, their address is 5626 Randolph Boulevard, number one in San Antonio. The uh, zip code is 78233. If you'd like more information and would like to just uh, talk to Pastor Gerald regarding uh, prayer or some of the other things that he's mentioned today, uh, you can reach him. The office number is 210-650-4816. Again, the number is 210-650-4816. Sunday services are uh, 9 a.m. They've got Bible class and worship begins at 10 a.m. there at Abundant Life Church on Randolph Boulevard. Uh, Pastor... uh, I'd like for us to talk now more about your community involvement. I know, I know personally you've been very involved for, for several years, and uh, I don't know when exactly it started, but I know it's a passion of yours because I've, I've served with you shoulder to shoulder and many of these times where we've stood there in front of City Hall or gone into uh, their chambers to, to fight the good fight. Um, tell us about your involvement and why, why you've done it. In uh, 2011, the city was uh, talking about their budget considerations, and they were proposing to give domestic partner benefits for unmarried couples. Mm-hmm. When I realized that, I, I went to uh, our district uh, meeting and and uh, heard the presentation, 
and I was stirred in my spirit about this uh, because this was a way of uh, giving health benefits to uh, homosexuals, uh, uh, couples, and to uh, unmarried couples. It, it was just really sp- spreading beyond what had been uh, the norm and, and, and accepted. So I uh, spoke that night, and then I, I looked. F- there were hearings in other districts, so I went to the south side uh, to a hearing. I was hoping there would be a pastor who I could, a uh, friend who would be able to speak there, and I learned to my um, uh, delight that I was able to speak there, mm. except I was from outside the district, so I had to wait until last to speak. Well, that turned out to be a blessing for me because I could listen to what the concerns of the district were, and then I could address them. And as I, I think I, there were 10 of these meetings on eight nights. I went to maybe seven meetings in all. And during that process, I uh, saw some other people who were take, standing the same way I was standing and who were speaking. And we uh, met each other and gravitated towards each other after the meeting and began connections. And those connections are what God is using today to be uh, even more engaged in the city. Yeah. Then a year ago, uh, when the uh, LGBT language issue came up, uh, gender identity and sexual orientation and gender identity, uh, the, the very first day that that was uh, introduced, uh, we got wind of it and began speaking uh, to the council. Uh, we let the news be spread to Christians, uh, and that fight dragged out from May until September. It was interesting to see the hand of God in it. Uh, they expected it would be finished by maybe June 15th, mm-hmm. but there was one delay after another for one reason or another. And God used that as a process to mobilize the Christians. In, in the late August uh, a year ago, uh, there were uh, hundreds, there were over probably a thousand Christians uh, gathered down at City Hall uh, to yeah. speak out and to, to take a stand for righteousness, to take a stand for God's ways, mm. and to speak to our uh, city officials and say, you know, this, this, we don't want to go this way. Uh, th- this is not a way of God's blessing for our city. Yeah. And, and we, we spoke, uh, our city council, the majority had uh, made up their mind. Sure, before and, they were even started. And, and uh, voted against it. So it, it felt like uh, something of a charade uh, to go through the motions. Yeah. But God is using that to uh, unite us yes, and, and to come together. Uh, I've been particularly uh, participating with a group now called Salsa, Salt and Light San Antonio. We are leaders of faith-related organizations in the city. And we're uh, a, a, like a think tank. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, you know, what will make uh, responsible government. One of the things that we had some impact with was the streetcars. Uh, we're, we're, we're very interested in candidates for uh, different offices in the city. Yeah. Uh, any, any issues that uh, pertain to the city, uh, particularly in the, in the government arena, uh, we're interested in that. There's part of that group right now is uh, has a whole series of things to try to slow down the building of the Planned Parenthood f- facility on Babcock that's going to uh, do thousands of, of abortions uh, each week. Hmm. And so we're engaged in being a moral voice uh, yeah. to our city. So we're, we're really a prophetic voice uh, in the city and uh, speaking as God has to speak, uh, seeking wisdom from him, direction, and 
believing that it's going to make a difference. Pastor, we're quickly running out of time, but I want to give you just a real quick opportunity to, to share with us. What would you say to the people that are saying or thinking right now, this man, Pastor Gerald Ripley, he's a hater. He doesn't like homosexuals. He doesn't think women should have their own right to do whatever they want with their bodies. Uh, what do you say to those types of people? I believe that uh, God loves uh, all of us, and the the, the message of, of love and forgiveness and salvation is for all people. Uh, Paul said in, in Corinthians, he said, such were some of you. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, I have a, a vision for hope for people who are um, living a different lifestyle, yeah. uh, the, the, the message of the gospel that uh, there's life, abundant life in Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Amen. And, you know, we, we're all sinners and we need a Savior. We That's right. save ourselves. And so regardless of what your, your poison is per se, uh, sin is sin. And so uh, that's why we need Jesus Christ. Pastor, I, I want you to just make a quick invitation for uh, folks to come out and visit you to let us know where you're at. We're, we're, we're at Bundle Life Church in Northeast San Antonio, 5626 Randolph Boulevard is the address. Worship service on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We have Bible class at 9 o'clock for all ages. We have wonderful uh, Bible classes. Uh, the youngest student is four months old, and the yeah. oldest student is 92 years old. Wow, nice. And uh, there's uh, over 60% of our congregation is engaged in the Sunday school class, or Bible class, uh, as well as the worship service. That's fantastic. All right, well, there you have it, folks. If you want to get a hold of Pastor Gerald Ripley, maybe you want to find out more about their church services, you'd like to attend one of the Bible studies, you'd like to attend Sunday morning service and worship there, uh, maybe you want to find out more information about Salt and Light, you can do so by contacting Pastor Gerald at his office, number 210-650-4816. And I'll encourage you to pray for Pastor Gerald. You know, he is he is in the trenches out there uh, standing for righteousness. And I hope that you don't just pray for him, although that's very much needed and appreciated, but that you also stand with him uh, for for godliness and for uh, biblical truth. Thank you so much today, Pastor uh, Gerald, for joining us. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate you. And we thank you, all of our audience here on AM 630 KSLR. Have a fantastic rest of the weekend. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.